Alexa, what is Bukkake? All right, what am I drinking? I am uh, I'm drinking a Kirkland Signature Sparkling Water. This is lemon flavored. Um, this is lemon essence, essence sparkling water with other natural flavors. Um, zero of everything. <laughs> water, natural flavors. And uh, it's good. I think uh, if I ever kick the booze, I've been drinking these the rest of my life. Um, we always talk about what we're drinking. I'm out of beer. I'm out of beer. I had beer three nights ago when I was going to do this initially. I drank that beer. So I am down to good old, uh, I mean, I used to call these seven and sevens, but it really is a whiskey with a diet ginger ale. So it's not even really a traditional seven and seven. But let me tell you, it's got very few calories. It's delicious. I mean, it gets the job done. It gets you where you need to be. All right, question one. What's the earliest memory of your dad? This is, uh, this is a hard one for me. Um, you know, my parents were really young whenever uh, they had me, and my dad uh, went away to college. Um, and so my early memories, he's not in. And it's not because he left, left, like he just went to college, right? Um, and my mom went to college too, but um, I was living in an apartment with her. I was hanging out with my grandma and, and grandpa a lot. And, uh, and so I, I don't know. I know uh, the earliest uh, photo that I have of me and my dad is a a memory I don't remember, which is uh, me being on his motorcycle with him. And he's got a mustache and he looks like he's about I don't know, 19 or 20 years old, um, super young. Um, I don't know, you know, um, and maybe that's maybe that's sad. I don't know. And maybe I think maybe some of my issues with with my father were probably that I felt like I really fucked up his life um, and that he he wasn't always there in my mind whenever I was little. Um, and of course, he was there once he got out of school. He was there all the time, you know. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense because, you know, I probably didn't remember until maybe his junior or senior year. And I think his senior year, he transferred to a college that was closer to home. Um, so he could he could be home more often. Um, if, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. Um, so earliest memory. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to, to put a, a real finger on. I have lots of memories with, with my mom. Um, and I, I wonder if that's not, not one of the, one of the key issues that made me resent my dad whenever I was younger. And I know I'm jumping ahead on questions here, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, I definitely remember my dad coaching me in soccer, us working outside, us working on cars, us, you know, working on the roof. Um, but it's, it's hard to get to like that earliest, earliest memory. Um, you know, for, for me, my, I think my grandpa kind of stepped in and um you know i have a lot of really early memories with him of you know learning to draw um he would cut things out of wood for me and then we would paint them together uh we went to my uncle uh dan's uh farm one time and i got lost in a cornfield he had to come find me i remember that um but you know my, my dad was away at school so i guess i i don't have a lot of really strong memories from early early on i have more um you know when i was you know five and my parents got married and um you know i, I was in a wedding all, all that kind of stuff i have but i don't i don't have a lot of really early memories so of him um and may, maybe that's it i don't know I, that, that definitely is something um i feel like it was in a hospital uh i, I have all these jumbled memories when i was a kid uh did not come into this world uh, super healthy um came in blue two collapsed lungs uh it was early and i was a train wreck uh, but i managed to pull through um and I, I have these memories of being in hospital or a doctor's office or something for checkups and I remember my dad being there. It's, it's kind of blurry. Um, but the, one of the memories that I have that stands out over all of them was um, being in my dad's old pickup truck, uh, 78 Chevy, uh, old, <laughs> it was a four on the floor manual, uh, had the lockouts in the front wheels for four by four. Um, had the little triangle windows that you, you know, it was a little lever, you popped it up and flipped around, um, you know, tan vinyl interior, just like the worst thing, rubber floors. Um, don't ever forget it because he, he was letting me shift while he was driving. Uh, so, you know, I was sitting right next to my dad and you know, I just remember things like how warm it was in there because, you know, it was a truck and, was, you know, AC or anything like that. And, uh, smell of the interior, rubber heated up. I think it was, it was summer. The memory of summer. Um, my dad's brute cologne, you know, things like that. Um, I remember being happy, you know, the, uh, the way the plastic of the shifter felt, you know, it's a, like old, almost like bake light. 
you know, dirty ish. Yeah, something like that. Two. <laughs> Uh, when did when did you realize your dad was full of shit? <laughs> um, that's pretty easy. It's about when I got interested in girls. I think that was the that was the you know old man doesn't know shit. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, so my dad he worked uh, jobs out in the southwest of the United States, uh, building oil tanks and things like that. And uh, when I was young, after, you know, I started, you know, actually remembering things and had memories, um, he'd be gone for like maybe a week, week or two, or he'd come home for a weekend and then be gone again. Um, so, you know, it's a good job. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So, I, you know, was just there being a kid. Um, and as time went on, yeah. You know, my parents always explained it as, you know, was, traveling was too much and my dad was missing out of my life. And I probably should actually ask him about that one of these times. Uh, but yeah, he stopped working and uh, started being home. And uh, that's, you know, stepping back into, you know, that, you know, that family and then becoming that family uh, was a little difficult. Um, I mean, that's when I started really, you know, being, you know, butt heads. Of course, I was getting older, too. Um you know, it was weird, like, you know, my mom would use my dad as like a, uh, you know, go away to dad gets home, you know, and I, I have a distinct memory of him having to, you know, uh, corporally punish me um, for the younger generation. That means, uh, you know, spankings, things like that. And I remember him saying, you know, I just, you know, he's like, hey, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I was like, not really. And I think I was like hitting my preteens and it just kind of opened up from there. You know, you don't understand me. He didn't understand me. You know, there's no, his dad passed away when he was young. So it's not like he had a lot of footing on it. And, uh, it's, you know, that was it. That I maybe a little resentment. Um, when he stopped that job, our whole life changed too. Um, you know, it's a big financial change. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of differences there. And I, I, I <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. So ironically, when my dad started to become a bigger part of my life is when I realized, you know, he's full of shit for one way or another, you know, I, I guess it's not, <laughs> it's not very, uh, not a very good thing, you know, for my character, but, uh, you know, that was it. I was like, who the fuck are you? You can't tell me what to do. You don't, you know, so yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was when it was it, you know, tell me things to do, talk about stuff and just, you know, uh, old man's full of shit. <laughs> um, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, number one, I think it's not fair uh, to, to say that. Again, he, I don't think he had a particularly good experience with his own father um, who had uh, left after accusing his, his mother of, of an affair, basically. And so I don't think he had a lot of a, a father figure in his life for some time. I don't know exactly how long, but for some time. Um, and so I think not only was he incredibly young uh, to, to start having kids, was someone he probably shouldn't have been with um, in the first place, like like someone you were with in high school. I can only, like, I look back on that and go, God help me if I had to be with any of the girls that I slept with in high school, right? Um, and <laughs> it's not like there were a bunch or anything, but God help me, right? Like, uh, that would have been a whole different life, right? Um, and I love my mom. My mom is great. But, um, but yeah, I, th I think about that a lot. And so I think I learned pre like pretty early on that, you know, my dad was not perfect. Um, and that I, I think, I think the moment that ever, when I learned that probably my dad didn't have the answers to everything, um, was any time that I'd ask him something, you know, you know, when you're a little kid, you ask lots of stupid questions, right? I mean, I was inquisitive. I had a lot of questions. And so I, I can remember numerous times asking him about something or asking him a question for something and him either responding with maybe, which meant no, or, um, you know, kind of just because. You know, so, well, why do we have to go to church? Well, just because. Or why do I have to drink my milk? Um, just because. Or can we go do this thing tomorrow? Maybe. Like, I think those all kind of were like, hmm, this is bullshit, right? Like, uh, and I get it. Like, it's tedious. I think, I think my dad had, was probably depressed. And like, he, he was working a job that he probably didn't want to work, but he's still, I think, fucking working basically. Um, and uh, I don't think he had those kinds of answers. I don't think he had the energy to deal with that shit. <laughs> and it was probably less me. <laughs> 
and more like the the crazy two-year-old, my, my little brother running around getting into trouble. Um, because I learned pretty early on. I, th- I think my dad only had to spank me like once, you know, before I was like, fuck, I'm not doing that shit again. Like, <laughs> which was, I mean, for, for someone like me, I think a pretty valuable lesson. You probably didn't even have to spank me really. Um, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of individual who's trying to please, I think, um, and trying to do better, uh, all the time. But anyway, those are some of those, I guess that's both some of my earliest memories and also like <laughs> realizing, uh, that my dad was full of shit. Um, but for, for reasons, right? Uh, Cause he's young and, uh, he didn't have any fucking guidance in this shit either, right? He got thrown into it. So there's that, uh, which, which goes into the next one nicely. So grab a drink. And when did you realize your dad wasn't full of shit? The way that I learned that my dad wasn't, you know, full of it was that, you know, all the things, many of the things that he taught me when I was growing up, I, I didn't want to learn, you know, um, you know, even, even when we were dropping a transmission in my Toyota Supra, my 83 Supra, I didn't really want to do that, but like I wanted my fucking car to run again, you know? Um, but today, um, it's because of those experiences that I'm able to do a lot of things that I do myself. Um, and you know, we weren't particularly well off, uh, and, and I'm not now. So, I mean, we're doing, I think we're doing as, as well as my parents probably were at this time of their life. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, we often have to do things ourselves. We, you know, you gotta put in a hot water heater yourself. You gotta redo part of the roof yourself. You gotta patch this leak yourself. You gotta, you know, change out your own old alternator. You, we can't afford to pay someone else to do a lot of these things. And my dad taught me how to do all that stuff. And that's not to say that it doesn't occasionally blow up in your face, but, you know, uh, I, I certainly grew up with a lot of guys who I think, you know, uh, this happened just a couple months, months back. Uh, you know, I, I go into my, my garage and, uh, there's a, I hear a leak and there's a leak in, in a pipe and I go over and I turn off the, the water and my wife's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, it's fine. I'll patch the pipe. Like it's no big deal. And the next day I go and get a piece of pipe and I, I turn off the water outside and I, I cut, cut everything off and I patch the damn pipe. Like, and those are things that I, I don't think I would have been able to do without my dad teaching me about thing. Um, and, uh, and I think that it was easy to take that for granted and to just see my dad as like, oh, he's just a cheapskate or, or a perfectionist or whatever. And I think, I think that's probably some of it. I think I'm certainly a perfectionist in a lot of ways. Right. Um, but the, the long and short of it is that, and you know, we didn't always have the money to, to pay some expert to come do something. And also that I think he's smart enough to realize that you, for a lot of these things, you don't need a damn expert. Now, look, that's not to say that today I drop a transmission into my car. Fuck that. It's a lot of fucking work. Right. Um, you know, and there are certainly things that are out of my league. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the blower, um, in, in my heater, my, um, the geothermal unit went out the other day and you better bet I called the professional. Could, could I put it in? Probably, but I don't know if something else is fucked up too. Right. So there are certainly limits to my knowledge and my ability, but he certainly gave me the competence and, and the tools and, and the general know-how to be able to do a lot of things myself. Um, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. Um, so that definitely falls under the, you know, uh, realizing that he's, he wasn't just, you know, being a hard ass or being mean or it, it wasn't chores, right? Like it was, it was learning how to do something for myself, uh, you know, down, down the line. And, you know, today I shit, I can do drywall with, with the best of them. Um, and why? Cause he taught me how to do it. Um, and then when, whenever he needed help redoing his house, I, I came home and helped him do that. And he, he paid me a little bit and let me sleep on his couch. And if I hadn't fucking done that uh, during my master's program, I wouldn't met my wife, you know? So, um, and he still brags, he still brags about how good I am at that. And he taught me that, he taught me that. So, and uh, also just the ability to like create stupid little tools that you need for a task. Um, you know, uh, when, when we were doing drywall together, he made like a little like rig to run tape through to put uh, to put the mud on. And it, it would kind of self put the mud on for you. It was gravity fed basically. I was brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. It's just, uh, I mean, nothing complex, nothing that looks, doesn't look great, gets the fucking job done. And what I learned is that I, I can do that stuff too. And that whenever you see a problem, instead of being like, well, I wish someone will make something to fix that. Like, no, fucking figure it out. Like, so I wanted to play, uh, this, this is probably three or four years back. I was running on a treadmill all the time. And I was playing World of Warcraft too. And I was like, man, I want to play World of Warcraft on the treadmill. And no one, no one's making this shit for me. So you know what I did? I built my own little stand that would fit just perfectly on the treadmill and just, just cut it, made it myself, didn't look pretty, worked great. And then I had my keyboard up there. I had my mouse up there. I had my headset on fucking boom, World of Warcraft, big screen projector on the treadmill, done. Like, and so I, I think that that sort of ingenuity um, and, and ability to, to take care of things on, on, on my own, definitely something that my dad taught me. Um, and I'm, for, I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. All right. uh, that would be about the time I started getting my dick knocked in the dirt by girls. Um, so, so obviously a connection there. Um, definitely in my thirties, uh, when, Things he said that I ignored uh, started making sense. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of that has to do with age. <laughs> uh, 
um, <laughs> you know, you, you get older, you get some years on you and you start, you have a little more perspective. You know, the, the age also helped quite a bit because um, then we were, you know, we were able to talk, uh, you know, more like, you know, adults or on the same footing, same ground. I think that made it easier, you know, for me to realize, maybe for my dad to understand me a little more. Um, you know, obviously, that was a big uh, point of why I thought he was full of shit. <laughs> it's because, you know, it's, uh, who are you? What are you doing here? Um, but now, you know, like I said, as I got older and, you know, as, as I you know, have my own family now and now I'm a dad, uh, it's, it's easier to, you know, talk to about things. Uh, we, you know, we were able to talk, you know, as, as people and whatnot. There's no bunny heads or anything. Um, and like, I understand my dad and what he did and how he did it. You know, I've had, you know, many experiences in my own life where it's like, you're stuck with that choice. You know, do you, you know, do you throw yourself at work to support your family at the cost of your family? You know, we've had arguments of why can't you, you know, why are you going to work? And it's, do we need to, you know, pay for things, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's, I'm probably, I can't imagine, you know, my mom and dad didn't have those fights. Um, so, you know, talking to my dad about, you know, problems in my own marriage and things like that. And, you know, it turns out, you know, it's uh, maybe my uh, knowledge of my parents' relationship was a little bit uh, <laughs> a little simplistic over over the course of uh, my life there. So, you know, that makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just getting some age. Um, my dad's he's an older dad. Uh, he's born in 1938. So, um, I was born in 79 so obviously that's a that's a quite a quite a spread there um i can't imagine having a kid halfway through your life it's it's that's kind of be bonkers and wild for him um so yeah i mean i <laughs> probably should have given the old guy a little more slack but uh what are you gonna do um but looking back now i i you know i realized my dad probably was never full of shit i was probably the one that was full of shit right <laughs> Uh, before why do you think we make our dads the heroes and villains of our youth uh that's i think that's just has to do with what fathers are roles they play in our culture um i look at dad as either the all-powerful father from you know religions and myth um seems to be now a buffoon who needs tending and uh, that's our, our modern aura is definitely pushing that uh, or just absentee and you're not there at all and that's uh, definitely reinforced in you know uh reporting and media and everything else um because it is a problem so uh you know most of these are negative and i think as you get older you, you pay more attention to these type of things so then you know he, he's dad is our hero and then he becomes our villain um after a time span which, uh, you know, hat tip to Christopher Nolan's Harvey Dent's character's quote about uh, you either die here or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, however that quote goes. But uh, I think that works here. I mean, I'm, I think I've kind of already, you know, waxed on about this. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that, you know, that isn't a natural progression anyways. Um and it's like it's burned in, you know, instinct or whatnot. You, I mean, if you didn't end up butting heads and being, you know, uh, you know, like inclined to fight with your folks, you know, your dad, you're never going to move on, right? I mean, you, you, you got to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just like sort of the natural course of events. You you become your own person and, you know, every time you meet somebody new, you, it's, it's, you know, yeah, you can hit it off and sometimes you don't and you got to learn to, you know, get along with people. But I, I think like in case of, you know, parents and kids and dads and sons, you know, you sooner or later, it's, you know, I'm going to you know, take a swing at the champ or, you know, you got to challenge for that belt and, you know, all kinds of cliche stuff like that. Because, um, you know, oh, the old man, he's lost his, you know, lost a step whatever uh he's dumb i don't i can trick him things like that and uh, I, I think it's just natural course of it I, and maybe it's not so much that they're the hero and then become a villain it's that you know you're the villain when they're the villain and then you become the hero for them too you know 
hopefully. I mean, that's the positive way to look at it, right? That's, I think that's where we all want to go. <laughs> it's not the, not the other way around. I, I I think that's just a natural course of action, man. You, you, I think everybody has, for you know, the most part, you've got good memories or neutral memories, and then, you know, life goes on, and life does what life does. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it's just a natural thing that you have to end up being uh, angry to, to move out, to move on, to become your own person. Um, I don't know. That's that's how my life went. I don't know people that never leave home um, by their choice. You know, like you, you don't have some sort of financial thing or anything like that. I, I've never thought like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be an interesting way to look at it. Um, I guess it's, yeah, that might be it. Be a, it's a different perspective there. Um, but yeah. You know, my pops was my hero, and then he was the bad guy. <laughs> uh, but he got me out of the house. Um, and now I find myself turning right back into him. <laughs> Irony. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're easy targets. They are uh, they are the authority figure, you know, uh, in, in your existence when you're young. And so I think in that sense, they, hopefully they start off as kind of someone you look up to. So in that sense, a, a hero or someone to aspire to, um, you know, and then I think they quickly become the person who's not letting you do the things that you want to do. And so that's the hero to villain transition, right? Um, and uh, I think that's probably pretty natural. Uh, I mean, you see the same thing happen with, with um, daughters and mothers, right? Um, that, you know, they're, they're pretty close typically and then they reach this point in their life, um, you know, where maybe they're growing too close or they're becoming too similar or or maybe it's just that the adult doesn't want you to turn out exactly like them but also wants you to turn out like them, which is weird, right? Um, I don't know. It's, it's a great question. Um, I do think it's totally natural. As, as for why it happens, I don't, I, I guess I'm uncertain. Um, and, you, know, you could get into like Oedipal complexes or some shit like that, but I don't think that's it. Um, I mean, my, my, my whole child was compounded by a, a divorce. Um, I think it was pretty easy to like, like semi take up sides on that one. Um, but it was fucking super complicated and then it got dirty and it was horrible. Um, but I think it was definitely at a time whenever I was closer to my mom and I remember my, my mom was always there, you know, so there was never a time when like my mom wasn't there. And then to like, just add fuel to that fire. Um, you know, my mom's a teacher. So every summer we were always home with my mom all summer for like three months. Um, so it was, I think it was easier when we were young to be closer to, to my mom. Um, and then, you know, you know how it is in the household, and I guess I'm about to go through this, and I'm, I'm curious about how it's going to work out, is that, you know, it seems like one parent ends up being kind of the discipliner, and the other one seems like they're they're the comforter or something. I don't even know the term, the counter term for that. Um, and my dad was got to be the discipliner, and that didn't affect me too much, but it certainly affected my little brother. Um, and so I think he had a certain connotation to me as kind of the guy who, who was going to yell or was going to get um, uh, upset or punish you in some way and that was never me like there was never ever any time for me to get punished like I think I've been I think I was grounded like once when I was in I don't even know how I was in high school yet like literally I've never been in trouble with my parents in trouble with the law <laughs> but I've ne I was never in trouble with my parents um, and and I've, I mean I'd knock on wood like I've always successfully gotten myself out of every bit of trouble for the most part that I've ever been in uh, it's kind of crazy you know, when you think about the kind of trouble that I've been in um, <laughs> versus like some of the trouble my brother has been in or, or my wife's brothers have been in uh i've i've either gotten lucky on that front or just been smart um and it was the same it was the same with my father growing up i didn't again it took one time it was one time of disappointing him to the point of violence um and it wasn't like you know and jason you know this shit it wasn't like abuse violence right it was like you know you're getting a whooping kind of violence it was getting a spanking kind of violence but and that's how things were you know when we were growing up um, so it was normal um, but my brother didn't react to that shit and so that certainly made him kind of the bad guy um, at the same time, you know, today I have great political conversations with my dad. I look up to him. I think we're pretty close. Um, if anything, he's often too busy, um, which is funny. I mean, he's got he's got two girls, um, you know, both. I guess uh, one's in high school, one's about to be, and so they keep him pretty busy. Um, so it's kind of, I guess that's kind of interesting. Like he's still doing his like second round of kids. <laughs> I'm starting my first round. Um, so that's it's curious, right? Um, but again, he had me so young um, that you know he. He has that ability. Um, I, I guess I wonder how he'll 
do once they go off to college. I guess that's an interesting kind of a um, side side note there. Anyway, uh, but I, I definitely look up to him now, um, and I definitely think of you know all the things that he did, all the sacrifices that he made, all the things that he taught me, um, and I, I love I love spending time with him when I can. Uh, so I I think that I'm probably closer to my dad now than than certainly than I was when I was a teenager. And again, my early years, I just don't unless it had to do with like a sport or again learning a task. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sure you helped help me with my math homework or something if I needed help, but that was pretty rare. I was a, a pretty self-sufficient child. Um, and so, uh, well, here's one. Here's a good one. I can remember regularly, not every Sunday, but probably one Sunday a month, my dad and I would get up early and he'd make us breakfast pizza. Um, and I always loved that. I always loved breakfast pizza. And it was one of the few times that he'd cook and we'd kind of be able to help him. Um, and so that was always really fun. Um, but other than that, I was always getting up early to go work on a project. <laughs> that was pretty that's pretty normal um so you know anyway that's <laughs> about number five so switch drinks oh. Uh, who's the most influential fictional dad to you? <laughs> um, I do I do not fucking know. <laughs> no fucking clue. Um, Dresden. <laughs> Hell of a dad. Dresden Files. <laughs> Harry Houdini Dresden. Um I don't I don't I don't know. Um dude, I don't know. I don't you know, not yeah, I, I can think of failures. Uh like Hemingway's fucking horrible failure, I think it is a father. Um fictional though. Mm, yeah, I don't know. You might have to cut this. I have I got fucking shit. Um, most influential, like like on me. Um, I, I don't know. Like I'm like I never had like a fictional father that like I wish that I had. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I'm, I I can think of lots of sitcoms where they're all cheesy and lame, like uh, Cosby or some shit. Right. Most in, like most influential to me. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, nothing. Um, like, there's just, there's just not, I don't think there is one. It may, maybe that's my, maybe that's something. Maybe that's a something. Like, that. Uh, I think of all the instances of father figures on, like, TV or books, and, like, they're all fuck-ups. Like, or the guy that you laugh at because he's a fuck-up. <laughs> like, and so I don't, I mean, I guess there were some, like, hyper-Christian ones. Like, whoever the guy was from, like, Step by Step or some shit. Um, nope. I mean, I, I don't, there, there's not one. Like, um, like, my dad philosophy is is incredibly open, so I'm not sure there's a, a fictional dad that really gets to me. <laughs> uh, uh, phone a friend, an option. Um, it, yeah, maybe I'll circle back to it if, if I get something. Um, yeah, I don't. I, that, is that sad? That feels sad. Splinter of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, probably most influential. Um, <laughs> let me ponder it, and, and, and maybe I'll come back to it. I'm, I think in my copy number six is a, a repeat of an early one, so I'm going to skip to seven in my copy uh, i'm gonna go with either darth vader or god i, I think that's a that's a just take the yeah that one that's probably about right <laughs> well i mean it's a little more explanation uh. <laughs> um i'll i'll take a i'll go darth vader um you know there's a dude i guess it depends on if you're gonna go the whole spectrum of those movies or just the original trilogy but um you know, if you take it all in one look, the whole arc, uh, it, I mean, it is pretty, it does kind of stick to the hero to villain. And then uh, you learn your dad's not full of shit in the long run, which comes back as a bling, blue, blue, glowing blue ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, I guess, maybe the archetype of Darth Vader as a father is, the, is my favorite fictional father figure. Um, you know, maybe that's just, it's, uh, from my own relationship or, you know, maybe what I think would have been effect more effective. I don't know. That's a good, Ooh, there's some deep shit right there. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if you look at that whole archetype, you know, the guy is, you, you see a lot of modern things, you know, you trying to control, trying to keep things together, trying to do what's right. Um, getting you know getting sucked into a shitty job being an asshole to your family um maybe that's why he's the most influential archetype or influential fictional fathers because he so much of you know if you strip away all the sci-fi trappings um it's very much a i think a common experience or at least one i can relate to easily um you know yeah i mean that's that's it's probably it as weird as it sounds you know crazy upbringing you know everyone's is individually interesting or whatnot you know 
meet a girl, do all kinds of dumb shit because of the girl. Yeah. Probably a good lesson. Don't run out or get chopped up and turn into a monster. <laughs> don't disappear because then your kid will come back and chop your, uh, well, I guess not chop your hand off. You get your hand chopped off by your kid because he's talking shit to you and challenging you. Um, I mean, in the end, you know, Darth Vader, as evil as he was, you know, monstrous murdering psychopath, he saved his own son. You know, it, that's everybody's hopeful redemption as a dad, especially for shitty dad. You know, uh, yeah, that's I guess that's the thing. You know, you always want to be a hero to your kids, right? Maybe that's the maybe that's the undercurrent. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a time you told yourself you couldn't wait to be a dad? Uh, no, I, I didn't really realize I wanted to be a dad or I might want to, or, you know, I found out I was going to be a dad. Um, that's not to say uh, I always thought I weren't planning, but, you know, I was just like, oh, yeah. It's... But it was never something like I was like growing up and like, I can't wait to have kids and be a father and everything else. Um, yeah, I just it never, I don't know. I grew up thinking I wasn't going to make it to uh, having that opportunity. So I, I never really put a lot of thought into it. Um, when I saw my first son uh, born, that was, uh, that was pretty much it. Then I was like, yeah, this is going to be, this is what I want. Um, yeah, it's like I won the universe. So uh, I don't know, instinct, genetics, whatever you want to call it. And for the longest time, I think I looked at my parents and said, man, you guys fucked shit up. Um, and then I looked at most of the rest of my family and said, this marriage thing doesn't even work. Um, and I still, I'm still kind of skeptical about that. Um, to, to be honest, I think um, it's incredibly trying. Um, and there are moments when it's totally worth it. And then there are moments in between. Um, there are moments, uh, I mean, for the most part, though, ben, be, me and dad are is great moments. Um, it's it's the marriage part that's trying, right? Um, but I'm sure that that gets harder as the kid gets older. My kid's very, very little now. He's only three. Um, but as far as like moments when I was like, man, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I really want to be a dad. Um, I think I've always been really good with kids. Um, and so I think from that point of view, I always probably wanted to have kids from this incredibly or incredibly early on, um, you know, whether it was volunteering for like Sunday school or vacation Bible school and or just being a teacher. I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a professor. Uh, so I've always kind of been able to relate to people and children younger than me. Um, I, I think I've always been kind of a leader figure too, to that end. And so I think I've always kind of to that extent wanted to be a dad. Um, as for like really wanting to be um, a dad, I think some of it is, uh, and this is sad. So some of it I think is just logical <laughs> and it's, it's horrible to to put it that way. Like, I love my son to death, and I really am glad to be a father. And I'm, if if not for medical complications, I'd certainly be on the road to having a, a second child. It's a fantastic experience. But part of my motivation for reproducing in the first place is purely um, intelligence. Uh, is that I've spent enough time teaching and paying attention to the world around me to know that the idiots are reproducing like fucking mad. Um, and I'm actually studying. Out, out there on this that show that uh, birth rate among highly educated individuals is actually on the decline um, in, in the states, but but in general, um, in most of the quote civilized modern first world, um, and a lot of that's because people focus on their jobs or their education, or, or you know they they finally get that job they want and they want to just kind of chill out and have fun and live that experience a little while before they have kids, and then by the time they come around to having kids, they, it's either too late or they can only have one. Meanwhile, the fucking idiot asshole crazy Christian fuck up inbred person now the road has seven um and that's why i look at some fuckers like like amy coney barrett fuck you bitch like she's a crazy catholic like crazy conservative person and her life philosophy is to like pump out as many fucking children between her fucking crotch as she possibly can because she's probably pumping out fucking mini knees and they're going to indoctrinate them from you and so that shit's happening and it's happening in droves and so i wanted to partially have kids just to try to counterbalance that shit um to try to teach my kid and shit and let him come to his own conclusion 
emotions and not indoctrinate him. Um, studies have been showed that intelligence is, is passed down genetically. Um, and I am like, like this isn't a boast or anything, but on, on the scale of, of intellect, I, I rank among the geniuses. Okay. And that sounds horrible when I say it sounds like such a fucking arrogant thing to say, but that that's where I am. Um, when, when you take the stupid fucking nonsense tests that I don't believe in necessarily, that's where I am. And, um, so I, I think very critically about things. Um, and I, I hope that I can pass that along to a future generation because the idiots are reproducing. And so the intelligent people need to reproduce too. Um, and I'm, there's a cry out to all you fuckers who might be listening, who might be like, fuck it. It's a lot of work and it costs a lot of money. And why would I want to have kids? And why would I want to settle down? And yeah, fuck. Yeah. I fucking hear you. Fucking, I fucking hear you. Um, but if you're smart, if you're well-educated, well-adjusted, um, if you see the world as a fucked up place, um, and you're, and you're looking to make change with it, that's great. Fucking make change however you can. And then whenever you're getting too old to keep on making change or protesting or whatever it is that you do to try to change the world, have a kid, settle down, have a kid. Um, because that's, that's the legacy. You're passing that shit along to them. Um, and then raise them right, right. Uh, raise them to question shit, to be not just to be like you, but to be, to understand where you're coming from right? so that they can build off of what you did. Um, because again, the idiots and, and the crazy super Christians are indoctrinating their kids from their youth. The racists are indoctrinating their kids from their youth. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, one of the ways that you can fight back is, is if you're smart, if you're intelligent, you know, talk about it, teach people, educate people, fight back every way you can. Protest, fucking make a goddamn blog. I don't fucking care. Fight back however you can. But one of the ways that you can fight back is to reproduce also, right? And then instill good values and, and intellect um, in, into your children. Right? And so, again, that's like, it's like not a sexy answer. Like, that's a super scientific, logical answer, but that is legitimately one of the reasons why I wanted to have kids. Um, I mean, uh, I have kids play with them too, you know, like uh, every time I play with my kid, it's just great. Uh, whether he's playing with trains or, you know, he's playing his first video game or, or we're just wrestling or he's climbing things and I'm, I'm supporting him so he doesn't fall on his butt. Um, you know, all that's really fun. Or just to answer his questions when he asks me things about the world. And he's three, you know, we're just starting. Like there's going to be way more complicated uh, questions down the road. But um, all, all those things make me want to be a dad. Um, I think losing a kid made me want to be a dad yeah, even more. Um, and that was hard. Um, it was incredibly hard. Um, and having to hold him. Um, and now, you know, I'm lucky to be a dad. Uh, it's a wonderful baby boy. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. It's been great. Um, I think it's a sacrifice. I think you give up certain things. Uh, I joked on here before that, uh, you know, one, one of my rider friends said, uh, well, that's it. You're done. <laughs> like, like you're never going to ride anything now. And, uh, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't wrong, you know, cause it takes up a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, there's still, there's still time, but, but it's, it's hard. There's not nearly as much time now. And certainly having a kid makes you realize how much fucking free time you had before. <laughs> that's for sure. And that makes me feel bad for my parents who never had that, you know, like they went straight from like high school to having a kid. Um, and they both still managed to get multiple degrees. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's awesome. But, but yeah, um, so, so those are some of the things about being a dad. I think, um, I think too, another thing that made me certainly want to, want to be a dad was, um, you know, well, obviously like my wife wanted to have, have kids. Um, and, and I wanted to have a kid. Um, and, uh, but also it was like watching my parents continue to fuck up with like the next round. And you know what? I actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. So, so my, my dad and stepmother have not fucked up on the second round. <laughs> They've done really, really well. Um, the, the, the daughters they're raising are incredibly well adjusted and just incredible children. Um, this incredibly well behaved, very smart. They question things. They see the world. They're brilliant. And my mom, on the other hand, well, well, my, my youngest brother is very intelligent and he's, he's very fit. He works out all the time and that's great. And he's doing really great now. But when he was younger, fuck, man, my mom let him walk all over. It was a super pushover. And this is something that I see in parents once they get to like that second attempt or, or like that second tier of kids, like they have kids and then they get to like that, that last kid, like the last baby in the house. And for my mother, there's like a 20 year gap or something between me and him and like a, God, like a 10 or 13 year gap between, yeah, I think it's a 13 year gap between the the other youngest child, my sister and my youngest brother. So it's just a crazy gap. Um, and I saw how, like how much she was constantly caving to him. And, um, and I went, man, I could do better than that. <laughs> 
(laughs) That's always something I think about with writing too. I think that's what makes you a writer. When you read something, you go, man, I could do better than that. And so like seeing that, that train wreck happen, and he's turned out fine. Like, and you know what? And that's a good point. That makes me think this whole parenting thing, like people are constantly worried about like, am I going to fuck it up? Or I'm I'm not doing it right. Or they're not hitting these milestones or my God, like, um, you know, I need to make sure they're in this class or doing this thing or taking this sport. No, you fucking don't. No, you fucking don't. Stop fucking, stop it. You're like, you're helicopter parenting. You're overthinking it. The milestones are all fucking made up. Like humans have been raising kids for thousands and thousands of years. There were never any fucking milestones. For a long time, there wasn't even fucking medicine. Like your kid's going to be what your kid is. And obviously if your kid's suffering from some horrible illness, yes, fuck, get medicine. Like I'm not saying don't take medicine, right? My point is like, it's pretty hard to fuck up. Like we're incredibly resilient human beings. We adapt, we grow. You shouldn't neglect your kids, right? You should pay attention to your kids. You should nurture your kids. You should love your kids. But if you're doing that shit, you're going to be fine. Like, and your kid's going to be whoever your kid is. Now you're ignoring your kid or you're shooting up or you're, you're doing drugs or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you're fucking that shit up. You're beating your kid. You're fucking that shit up. But if you're trying and not, maybe not trying too hard, you're probably going to be fine. But my mother was just caving like crazy to this kid. And again, he still turned out fine. I think he's a great kid. And he's, uh, he's in high school now. He's doing great, right? Um, pretty well adjusted, right? Um, anyway, but in, in, I think that's just, I'm sure as you get older, you're just like, fuck it. <laughs> and so that made us all feel like he was kind of a spoiled brat there for a little while. But I think he's actually grown into a pretty smart young man. Um, and I think that's a testament to, you know, you are a collection of your genes plus your environment, right? So like there's only so much your environment can fuck you up as long as like you have food, water, and love and attention. <laughs> so step one, parents, food, water. Step two, love, attention, done. Like that's it. Um, so that's not a fucking art. And so, so hey, here, count, counter question. If you're fucking it up, fuck you. Like, fuck you. How the fuck are you fucking this up? And if, you, if you're worried constantly that you're fucking it up, if you're that kind of person, you're super anal and you're freaking out, you're fucking it up, you're not. Fucking calm the fuck down. The only thing you're fucking fucking up is you're overanalyzing shit and freaking yourself the fuck out. Calm the fuck down. It's not the end of the world. And you're probably putting more stress and anxiety on your kid by not fucking calming the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. You're welcome. PSA from 2D1C. The more you know, bro. All right. Next question. <laughs> Sorry, I just ate some ice. Uh, why is the culture do we not raise our sons to be great fathers and awesome dads? Well, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I think the easy answer is like the patriarchy. <laughs> um, that's the easy answer, right? Because what's like cool in our culture and what's dominant in our culture for so fucking long, like was sex and having sex with as many women as you possibly can. And so the, the history of what made you a successful man had nothing to do with being a good dad. And that's, that's why, right? Um, because it was like success, which is measured by, money probably right how high up you are in your job whoopty shit um and then you know the sexual prowess um that's unfortunate but that's that's the patriarchy at work right it's uh it's incredibly unfortunate right and so it was less about passing anything on uh to your children i think than you more about you um and i I think we're probably getting out of that i think we are and we may have already overcompensated for it quite possibly um but yeah that's, that's a great question i think yeah i think that's just a false ideology right that that's just not what's important um, in, in kind of that false ideology that, that pervades our existence. And, and it's unfortunate. It should it should be you know more front and center. I think, though, under the patriarchy, it was so easy for a man to constantly walk away from parenting and from, from a wife and from a kid that that's probably what, what made that not a dominant force and what, what an existence was for a man. Um, so I guess, I guess the follow-up question is, like, how do you teach that? And I think you teach it probably by trying to be a really good dad, you know? Um, but what you need to remember is that you know everything's kind of cyclical so if you have a bunch of deadbeat fucking losers uh who had a bunch of kids and see see some of my previous fucking answers right because that's happening um then those kids don't know how to be a dad and therefore you know they're they're going to struggle and i mean just look back at my answer to influential fictional dads and i was like fuck all i got nothing right i mean that's kind of a callback from this question almost you know like like who what are our options here you know then there aren't a lot of great ones um that, that i could think of off the top of my head and so yeah I guess we need to find a way to get there. But 
but I guess there's nothing sexy about it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And then there's so much that our culture has focused on, you know, the, the mom uh, to be the, the one who's nurturing and guiding and teaching. And I think that's sexist uh, and it's unfortunate. And I think we probably need to get the dads dads in there more. And of course, plenty of studies have shown that, that you know, you're less likely to end up in jail and you're more likely to be successful if you've got a good father figure in your life. So obviously it's important um, as for why we don't emphasize it as much or focus on it as much. I don't know. Um, probably a cyclical thing. Um, and it probably has to do more with, with kind of the patriarchy, with male dominance. Um, and I'm hoping that as we move more towards equality, we'll see more of it. You know, we'll see more focus on, uh, you know, being a good dad. Um, I think that you know, culturally, ideologically, you know, being the, the quote, the man of the house is the sexist of a term as that might sound, um, has been about, you know, being the breadwinner, um, you know, fixing things around the house. It's been that kind of stuff. And it's been less about educating your children. And I think we need to get there. Um, I think we need to get to that place. Um, reminds me of a, a line from Chuck Palahniuk's Fight Club, right? We're a generation of uh, of men raised by women. I'm not sure another woman's exactly what we need. Um, so I think we probably do need father figures, right? Um, but I'm not sure if it's something that is, has permeated our culture yet, but maybe it will. But also, is I'm, I wonder if there's anything sexy about it, you know? Um, and it, I'm sure it'll take some time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously incredibly important. I certainly want to raise my son to be a, a good man, a man who's respectful, uh, a gentleman. Um, and I, I think my dad focused on that for me um, you know, quite quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. No, that's a great question. Great question. Um, I mean, maybe you raise your kid to be a great father by teaching your kid all the things that your father taught you um, and then some. But I know a lot of what we talk about on, on the podcast or, or in private is that we feel like, and I don't know if this is true or not, I guess, we feel like our dad should have known what was coming. They should have saw all the bullshit, you know, that the marriage is a fucking joke or that, uh, you know, just, just how fucked up the world was and that they didn't warn us. Um, and I know you you come from a completely different perspective than I am, but uh, well, my dad, he's so fucking young. I don't think I don't think he got any <laughs> further into it until I was well into this world, you know. And at that point, you're already in the middle of it already, as you're kind of figuring your own shit out. Um, and so I think that's that was part of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how can you be honest with your kids and not like disenfranchise them? And I guess I guess that's a big question. Like, how do you tell them like the world is a fucked up place, but don't give up, son. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, right? Like, like you're, it's kind of like talking about the death of the American dream. I talk about it with my students all the time. Like, like you're never going to be super rich. Like, it's never going to happen. And then they'll be like, well, that's not the American dream. I'm like, it was. That was the American dream. That was the bullshit they fed us. That if you worked hard enough, you'll be rich. And the reality is that's not true. It's just not fucking reality. It's not, not there. And then they'll do bullshit things like try to spin it around. Like, well, maybe the American dream today is falling in love and having a family. And I'm like, is it? Like this is what? Like 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 you're just accepting the fact that you're being shit on constantly. <laughs> and so, but how do you, how do you have that conversation with a young person um, and not disenfranchise them or not make them bitter before their age, right? Or, or cynical. Like I'm certainly that way. Uh, and I'm older now, but I, I was before um, because I see the way the world works uh, to a certain extent and it's bullshit. And there's no, there's very little opportunity for a way out or uh, the ability to make any change. And so I teach and have kids apparently. <laughs> Fun. All right. <clears throat> Next question. Uh, cause more is are fucking jacked, you know, um, it seems that we raise our kids now to hate what got us to where we're at, uh, you know, where we're at. And I, I think that's just cause we're trying to atone for our past sins in every which way we can. Um, I don't know. I, I this is a, I just think it's a, it's a problem with that. There's, we, we just, I don't know. We, we, I, I guess enough, <laughs> enough people have had shitty dad experiences that they, you know, we don't think we can change it or we assume it's like some immovable thing. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, one of my driving forces is I don't want to raise assholes and, you know, that forces me to be mean, I guess, <laughs> and, you know, be strict. So yeah, maybe that's it. You know, the road to hell is paid with best intentions. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's the other thing that really is is weird is the, the schism where we we get you know tons of social science and research and you know two parents are better than one and you know having a father in your life is as important as having a mother and all this other stuff and you know we just I don't know if just because male humans are the way they are and. 
you know, we, that's, that's obviously part of the problem and definitely the way we, we go from there. Um, you know, being a, a male in modern American society is just, it's bananas. Um, you know, you, you grow up learning history and you, you realize that you've determined so much of it just based on a genetic dice roll and in the long run now we're all the bad guys um so that's a that's a problematic thing right um yeah and, and it's just I, I don't know I, I i i guess it's our own fault you know we don't take ownership of that dads of america need to take ownership um you know we need to own up to what we've done what we didn't do what we need to do um you know slap on the ass from the coach get in there and get it done it, it just it's on us it's not not anybody else's fault i guess really you know it's yeah maybe the culture's against you maybe time and history are shitting on you but you know the the irony of that is that uh, the one thing that supposedly male humans are supposed to be good at is you know getting right back up and taking more of the punishment and fighting through it and moving forward and cliche 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 <laughs> uh but yeah that's that's a that's the thing too you know we need to be responsible for what we've done and what we're going to do um not you know the whole, you know, there's that whole late 90s into early 2000s, you know, be a man of action. And, you know, America's just, we've had some fucked up shit. And I don't think anything that any modern, you know, social science says about fathers and, you know, men in general are, it's probably not wrong. It's, you know, might be a little uncomfortable to hear, but I doubt it's 100% wrong. But I, I think more than anything else is, you know, just responsibility. It's probably why. Um, it's harder to take responsibility this day and age, and that's what we need to do. That's what we should be doing. Uh, we owe it to, you know, our families and our kids and our fathers and the people that are, you know, that came before us and the people that are definitely going to come after us. Um, you know, the, you hear all this talk about, you know, uh, male power, you know, and whatever, and everybody else finally ascending and, I think, uh, yeah, that's all good, but, um, we shouldn't be resting. Shouldn't, you know, that's not a, that's not a dad thing to, uh, just step aside. Um, you know, your kid falls down or fails to something, you know, you, you can't take the piece of shit easy way out and just be like, Oh, sorry. Um, you gotta be there and you gotta be responsible and you gotta do it. And we don't, and that's a problem. So, um, as dads, we need to call other dads on their bullshit, too. Because, uh, you know, yeah, that's probably another responsibility. <laughs> so, uh, responsibility, that's why. What's your best memory is being a dad? It's like holding my sons for the first time. Um, I was lucky to be able to be there for all three of them. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely best, best memory. It's a, it's a big understatement. Um, I'm watching your children being born uh, is important but that's a I don't know I mean like it's uh, it's like staring at the universe being made um, and all the woo-woo uh, instant connection all that other stuff and that's a bunch of shit and probably 100% right <laughs> um, but just just knowing that you know now it's on um, yeah, that was a, it was a game changer. It's, it's, you know, it's, th those are moments that, you know, I, I'm not going to forget, you know, all the stuff that happened, you know, all the, the jokey stories and just, uh, I don't know. It's, you have to be there, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, those are nights that I, days, morning, yes, technically, uh, just, it's, uh, it's the ultimate, um, you know, jumped out of planes, did all kinds of, you know, extremist things. And just none of it's, none of it was as crazy and wild as those, those moments in my life. Um, I am a very lucky person to have gotten to see those. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's been uh, it's been kind of a wild ride of, of memories. I don't know that I have just one. Um, you know, I I remember rushing over to the neighboring hospital to go to the ICU to hang out with my son right after he'd been born, basically, and um, and being pissed off and scared, and, and then just hanging out with, in, in there with him for a week, um, and and reading him stories. And I, I love reading him stories. Um, you know, making him breakfast. Uh, I took uh, the limiter off his little Tyke's truck thing the other day, and it kicked up to five miles per hour from two, and he drove it around the yard. And when he came back around to the front of the yard, I asked him what he thought about that. And he told me that because the neighbor boy next door sometimes comes over and, and drives his truck, we couldn't have it on five miles per hour. We had to put it back down to two. <laughs> He's three. Like, um, that was a pretty good one. It's, it's hard It's hard to pick just one. Um, you know, there have been a, a lot of really, really fun times. We've been uh, to the trampoline park together and, and jumped around and had a blast. Um, obviously, pre-COVID. Um, it's hard to find just kind of one time, uh, you know, and when he's just, you know, had a blast. He helps me with a lot of projects already. He'll go get his own tools and he'll work with me on stuff, uh, w- which has been great. Um, sometimes just driving to go park the truck and, and he wants to ride on my lap to, to move it out of the driveway to, to its parking spot. Um, I don't know. Or just uh, you know, when he runs up to me and then wants to give me a hug before you know, he's going to go somewhere with his mom or whatever. Um, so uh, I, the other day he was playing a video game and he's getting so good at it. He plays with a little controller and uh, he can do a platformer, like uh, a Paw Patrol platformer. But it's, I, I don't know that there's like just one, but my kid's still really, really little. So it's hard to nail down, you know, just one moment. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I can do just one, you know, ah, last one. When I die, how do I hope to be remembered by my children? I don't know. You know, I, I guess I hope that in some sense I bring all the good things that I've gotten from my dad to the table, such as teaching my kid how to how to fix stuff and, and how to accomplish things on his own um, and how to know when it's something that he can accomplish, you know, uh, versus when it's something that, that he needs to call a professional for. Um, so I certainly hope that, that I pass that on to him and that he remembers me for that. Um, I certainly remember my father for that. I rem- will remember my father for, um, he's still alive, uh, but I'll, I, I continue to remember my father for good political conversations and debates and things, which are fun. He gets all right riled up about things just like me. Um, but, but yeah, I'll remember that. Um, I hope that I won't be quite as much of a perfectionist, I think, uh, as, as he sometimes is. Um, I hope that my kids will remember me as, as fairly open-minded about a lot of things. Um, you know, I want to expose my kid to as many religions and, and or the truth about religion from an early age. Um, I think it's bullshit the way that we indoctrinate kids uh, to be religious. Um, I just I fucking despise it. I don't like it it's if we'd stop doing it you know it kind of reminds me of like uh you know the argument about homosexuals like before homosexuals were coming out of the closet everyone looked at homosexuals as like the other i don't know any homosexuals they must be aliens they must be fucking weird like once they came out everyone was like oh yeah this is just a thing it's no big deal it doesn't affect me it's totally normal it became normative right um and of course that's crazy to say of course it's not completely normative da, 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 right but once everyone knows one person at least who is gay or bi or lesbian or whatever it's not as big of a deal it still can be a big deal but it's not it's not as strange anymore right it's it's much more regular right and i think that if you just could expose your kids to the various different religions and explain what they really are uh, from an early age religion will go away um and i think that one thing the world desperately needs is religion to go the fuck away uh forever uh, it's a fucking goddamn disaster um and uh it's astonishing to me that in the 21st century we still have a vast majority of the public that is religious. And I know we're less religious every year, um, but if there was ever any way to press down that accelerator a little bit, I think one of the ways is to just tell your kids straight up, you know, like, well, grandma goes to church every weekend to do this, to pray to an imaginary creator. <laughs> and you can too, but you don't have to. And, you know, when, when my son gets old enough to ask me about that, I'm going to tell him it's not real, son. Um, it's, you know, it's a made up fictitious thing. And here's how how it was made up and here's the myth behind it um and you know you can do whatever you want and that's fine right you want to be a buddhist monk i can go for it right there's lots of great lessons in these religions right but i hope that they'll remember me as, as open-minded about that kind of stuff but also fucking honest um and I'm just fucking honest you know like i feel like a lot of times whenever i asked a question of, of my dad or a teacher or a parent they would either refuse to answer because maybe they didn't know or refuse to answer because they were afraid of how the, the question would affect 
affect me. And I don't think I'm ever going to be able to not answer. I think whatever he fucking asks me, I'm going to tell him. And, uh, you know, and some people be like, well, he's too little to know that. And we're like, is he? Like, if you're old enough to ask the goddamn question, you're probably old enough to know the answer. And you might not be able to fully comprehend it, but but it's better than a lie. Um, it's better than not getting an answer at all, or it's better than just cause, right? So I'm, I hope that they'll remember me for that. And that might mean that there may be horrible moments of violence of education when, when I tell them things that, man, in, in hindsight, they, they really didn't want to fucking hear. Um, and that's too fucking bad. Like, that's that's what education is. It's it's giving you the answers and making you think about shit that, that you don't always, I mean, in hindsight, you don't always want to know. Um, so I hope that they'll they'll remember me that way, um, too. Um, and I hope they'll remember me as passionate um, and, and creative and imaginative. Uh, I don't know. Uh, happy. I've been pretty happy. Can't complain about that. I think less of an asshole than they thought and more of a good man than we thought. I guess I never really thought about this uh, until I, you know, crossed the age when my dad was when I was born. Um, it's a, it's all that stuff, you know, legacy and whatever, and all the existential crises entail with once you die, what happens afterwards, and everything else. And I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that I don't. I don't, you know, I, I guess not building a mythology about me for my children. Um, I just, you know, things that I teach them and show them and whatnot. And, and I don't do nearly as much as I probably should. Um, and our life is different than my life was growing up. So it's, it's not, uh, I don't know. It will be a different experience for them when they come to that point. Uh, seeing me as a crinkled up, shriveled thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll be, yeah, yeah, I, I can't, uh, I just hope that their memories are good memories and, uh, you know, all the bad shit that, uh, inevitably happens when, you know, your dad and, or your kid and your dad and your family, it's, uh, it gets, uh, maybe toned down, um, and hopefully, uh, whatever they learn from me, they pass on to their kids for sure. The good stuff, of course. <laughs> Uh, none of the none of the bad habits are uh, you know dumb insanity. Um, <laughs> uh, certainly, maybe less swearing. <laughs> so look, next time you got a little downtime, you find yourself a little bored. Play with your nuts. You know what I'm saying? See what you come up with. Okay.